Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And we're back live from Sunny Slope on this beautiful Sunday morning. And we're going to get back to Dick and uh, Chandler with a grapefruit. Good morning, Dick. Good morning. Good morning, yes, Brian. So, yeah, anyway, we uh, have seen a lot more damage on grapefruit around the valley this year than in years past because of the intense and long elongated, you know, hot season in the middle. But um, right. is your tree bleeding any sap at all? Um, no, but I had a, a ruby red grapefruit that was bleeding sap profusely for a couple of years and I kept cutting it back, cutting it back and I, I'd spray it with uh, Clorox and, and I kind of revived it and we had two years of crop and then this year it just almost died overnight. I mean okay. literally died overnight. So how we need to treat that so we need to treat that because that's uh, usually a bacterial infection, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, or you know, fungal infection, I'm sorry, not bacteria. But anyway, we need to treat that with a bacteria that basically eats the fungus up. It's called gummosis, and you can use uh, copper right. sulfate on that one and mix that with Monterey disease control. Use them both if you like, and uh, that'll help. Uh, but the combination, I, w- I wouldn't be afraid if you're going to treat the one that's sick, go ahead and treat the other one with some Monterey disease control in addition to fertilizing it extra. But really, to get these trees to recover, you want to kind of fertilize them extra, get some new growth generated, and then prune out the dead tops. You can do that now because the days are shorter and it's not so intense the heat, or you can wait mm-hmm. and do it in February. Okay. And I've, I've noticed that there's a, a, I think it's a Bayer thing for, for fruit trees. Well, there's not for, really much on fruit trees that, that there's not many insects that we're going to worry about on citrus trees. You know, we grow a okay. lot. We grow several hundred acres of citrus here commercially, and we spray uh-huh. one time a year for thrips that scar the, the fruit itself. But other than that, we really kind of like to leave them alone because we get a lot of beneficials here. We get the little lace wings and pirate bugs and different mm-hmm. things that eat our bad insects. And if you start right. spraying them or treating them, what you're going to find is that happens and the beneficials will go away and the other problems come back more and more. So we really don't treat ours, you know, for any kind of insects uh, except for the one time a year when we do spray them for the thrip. And that's just to keep the fruit from scarring. Okay, so just, just trim out the dead branches. Just trim, trim out the dead. It. If you're making really large cuts, like, you know, three or four or five inches, you might want to seal, seal those with some tree heel. If the top portion of the tree is going to be exposed to pretty direct sun, go ahead and paint it with tree trunk white, or you can buy the one that's the same color as the trunk and paint it with that to keep the wood from sunburning. And But the extra fertilization right now, and the next year, um, start fertilizing early, like in February, and feed them once a month all the way through October, and that'll give them a mm-hmm. big kick on coming back okay yeah the the trees are full size and it's the dead branches are up, way up high about 30 feet <laughs> well you know it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt to top them and reduce their size dick you know as you can okay. imagine like in our citrus growth we can't go up and pick the top of 30 foot trees so we actually right. mow our lemons down to 12 foot every other year and uh, wow. you know, a lemon tree will grow from 12 to 16 in, in a year or two. So to keep them so that we can harvest the crop and to have bigger, better quality fruit, 
we prune them, pretty much some part of the tree every year. One year we might prune one side, another year another side, then we'll top them, then we'll come back and prune the other sides. But we're constantly pruning our citrus to keep it so that we can harvest it and work the trees. And we get better crop and the the tree doesn't stress as much in the summer because it's not trying to feed as much wood, you know, so it's got the Mm -hmm. bigger root system, but it's feeding less. So, you know, pruning will really help the health and vigor of your big grapefruit. Okay, so the, when you say top it, you just cut, cut the, the tree off and then... Well, yeah, you, you could take a grapefruit tree that's 30 foot tall and cut it down to 15 and prune the whole thing way back and let it come back and fill in. Now, the best time to do that is February. February. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because and the days are short put and... Stuff, put stuff on... Put stuff on the wound. That, yeah, that now, now commercially, we honestly don't because you know we're not we don't have guys up there to go across you know thousands of trees putting you know tree hill on them, but we're usually not cutting really large limbs. But to keep from dying back more in your bigger tree at home, I, I would seal the larger limbs if we're cutting like three and four inch limbs. I would seal the ends of those. Okay. Okay. All right. Great. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Dick. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have uh, Melanie in Scottsdale. Hello, Melanie. Hi, Brian. So I'm Melanie in Chandler and Melanie in Scottsdale today. Wow. I, I, in, Next thing you know, you're yeah, going to have to move to Tempe. Yep. Might <laughs> have to stop in Tempe along the way. Be right in the um, middle. Right. Right. And I heard of Melanie in Scottsdale earlier. I was like, whoa, wait, my question's getting answered already. <laughs> um, so Melanie and Chandler has a question about um, a volunteer pink and yellow lantana. Okay. It's, um, it's, uh, Volkswagen bug size Mm -hmm. right now. And about a week ago, I cut it back partially, lefting part of it big so that it could, it was very woody underneath. And I'm trying to get it down to smart car size. Well, yeah, um, yeah, smart car size, but you know, that's a super aggressive, wild, self-seeding lantana that, um, for sure. You know, you can, you can butcher it as far as you want. Okay. Then I'm going to just go for it because bulk pickup is coming in. Well, and it's now and now is out. now is really the time because if you just butcher the whole thing back, you know, tight now, you've got enough growing season so you can come back and look decent for the winter months, and then start pruning again. You know, that's a, that's a permanent job on that one. Okay, yeah, it's kind of like the little shop of horrors here. Get a little crazy. So, um, all right, we'll get that one cut back quick, and then my Melanie and Scottsdale question is brought at my folks' house. Um, my folks' yard has a lot of different kinds of lantana. Mm-hmm. Um, some are red flowers, some are the radiance, some are the pink and yellow. Does it make a difference on the cultivar for how much to cut it back if it's woody underneath? Well, the thing about it is, is when we normally really, really butcher lantanas hard, would have been a month ago, okay, or yeah. early spring, first of March. So I would just okay. cut them back for their form for right now, let them bloom out through the wintertime, and then I would come back and butcher them in March. Okay, that sounds good to me because I think I'm going to be sore after being Melanie and Chandler. So. <laughs> All right, well, take Melanie care. Melanie and Scottsdale appreciates that. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Uh, Charlie and Mesa, good morning, Charlie. Good morning. Always good to talk to you. Just got a quick question about drying out Bermuda grass. Uh, when is a good time to do that, and how long should you dry it out uh, for before planting the winter rye? 
Well, you know, there's not any long given period of time you have to do it. It's the healthiest thing for the Bermuda grass is to grow it as long as you. Well, the healthiest thing is never plant rye. Okay, that's the healthiest thing for Bermuda grass. But, you know, if you're going to plant rye grass, if you'll let it go even another couple weeks before you plant the rye grass, uh, the rye grass is going to come up slower, but it's healthier for the Bermuda grass. But the most important thing, Charlie, that we do with the Bermuda grass is to scalp it and kill the rye grass, you know, somewhere in April so that the rye grass doesn't continue ah. through May and June and really hurt the Bermuda grass. So you can you can keep the Bermuda grass watered and grow it for another month or else you can, you know, scalp it and plant it today. Either one's fine. I see, I see. Uh, I just was uh, questioning my uh, landscapers that uh, shut the water off uh, last week uh, to the Bermuda, and when I asked them why, they said, oh, we're going to plant that winter rye in a couple of weeks. So. Is it something that you, you have to shut the irrigation off to let it dry well, out? Yeah, or? It, you don't really want to be trying to cut it and scalp it when it's real wet. And, uh, you know, and Bermuda grass often gets watered more often than it should. So, truthfully, okay. it's probably just as easy on the on the Bermuda grass, you know, as if you're going to plant it in two weeks to go ahead and cut it off a couple of weeks before you, you're going to plant it. It's fine. I see. I see. Okay. All right. Thank you again. Thanks, Charlie. Bye-bye. Uh, Dave in Sun City. Good morning, Dave. Hi, good morning, Brian. How are you? Enjoy the morning. I certainly enjoy your show. Thank you very much for taking the call. I have a question on my hibiscus plants. They're about, oh, I don't know, four or five years old, and it seems like the summer has really taken its toll on them. Uh, I'm trying to find a solution to maybe bringing them back to life. You, can you give me some suggestions? Well, Dave, you know, now's the time. This is perfect hibiscus weather. It's still warm enough for them to really grow and cool enough to give them a rest at night so they can grow very fast. You know, fertilization is probably the key. Do they have any foliage on them, or how, what do they look like? They had foliage during the summer, and now everything's burned off. Hmm. So, have you, have you uh, perhaps given them too much fertilizer recently? Not to my knowledge, Okay. No. Have they been Not fed in the last knowledge. month or so? Yes, they have. Okay. I, I would be kind of concerned they might have gotten too much fertilizer. So I would deep water them, uh, let them okay. dry in between irrigations. Um, did you put the fertilizer on or somebody else feed them? Or? No, I, I put that on. Okay. And how what type and Miracle, how much did you use? I use, uh, I use Miracle Grow. They seem to have helped. The, uh, I have quite a few of them. They, mm-hmm. it, it helps some of them, but the other ones don't seem to be revived. You used a liquid type? Uh, no, I, you mix it up, yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the one you make to a liquid. Um, I would check. Well, you know, One thing you could check with them, too, is go out and scrape the wood on the ones that aren't coming back and see if the wood's green and viable or if it has okay. any black kind of a mildew or looking powder stuff under the bark. Okay. Okay. Because they are susceptible to powdery mildew and they're susceptible to fungus too. And and check the check the roots on them. If, they, if that still looks okay, then dig up a few roots and see if they're hard or if they're soft and mushy. Okay. Because you, right. you could have a fungus on the roots or you could have a fungus in the plants and they're susceptible to it both ways. Then I would treat with like the uh, Monterey disease control for some fungus and go ahead and maybe use a little bit of a granular fertilizer, whether you have a 10-10-10 or a citrus food or something, around the bases of them. And, um, okay. You know, and they should come back and recover this month. If they don't, then they're in bad shape. Okay, my friend. Thanks very much. Enjoy your show. Thanks, Dave. Bye-bye. Uh, Mike and Gilbert, good morning, Michael. Hey, good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. 
I've got uh, two questions, actually. One is a follow-up to the uh, gentleman uh, with the grapefruit tree. Uh, I had the exact same issue just uh, yesterday, and I <laughs> I spent what I thought it was going to be uh, 10 minutes in cu- cutting off a couple of uh, dead tree limbs from the very top that died out with mm-hmm. the heat. I spent about half a day on that tree, and anyway... You mentioned something about a tree topper or something, something to put on the uh, areas where you've cut the limbs. Well, if you're making really large cuts, okay, this, is, this isn't this is for an inch or two-inch cut, but if you're making like a three- or four-inch cut and you want to seal the I limbs. Did. Okay. I did with a chainsaw, yeah. yes. So, so just get some tree tree heel. It's like tar. comes in a can. You should buy it in any nursery or garden center, and you put it on with a spatula and just seal up okay. those cuts on the end. All right. Okay. And then you mentioned some fertilizer, too, for yeah. the grapefruit trees. Absolutely. Uh, we, we have one called Organo Pro Citrus Food, which is really good. And if you're over in Gilbert, just stop by the Gilbert store and uh, and the crew. We have a f- phenomenal crew there. They'll, they'll, they'll explain it all to you. But it's a great time to feed them right now. And then to get them to recover next year, instead of feeding them the three times a year to the three holidays, you know, feed them once a month, starting in, uh, oh. in the February. In February. Yep. Okay. Next question is, uh, my, my son, uh, we were finally successful in getting some pumpkins <laughs> this year to grow. Now, we didn't have that success last year. Um, my question is, is there a fertilizer for pumpkins right now? You could feed, you can keep feeding them here, sure. Uh, but, you know, so you're going to harvest them in December? Well, probably will. That's, <laughs> you yeah, could, yeah, you know, we, we, I, I tell you, an easy thing to do with, with you know, pumpkins would be to foliar feed them. With just like Miracle Grow or Peters, okay. you know, and you could just spray that right on the foliage. But Mike, why they've done so well is we haven't had any white flies, and who knows, maybe that you know month of 115 cooked the little white flies' brains out. But because we haven't had the white flies here in the valley, we're turning back into Pumpkinville. And before white flies, pumpkins were very easy to grow here in the summer. So yeah, yeah, no, we we had a challenge last year. They didn't they blossomed, but they didn't grow. But this year we planted them in a different location by what we call a um, well. It's a big bush that that has blossoms that attract bees. Mm-hmm. We call it our bee bush. So they the the pumpkins have have left my planter and and grown all over the bee bush. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, this has been a great year for pumpkins and a lot of different plants here in the valley and. You know, knock on wood, our white flies won't come back as bad next year. But uh, this year, we've been pretty white fly free. Okay. So just use something like Miracle Grow or something else. Yeah, some kind of a, well, one of those foliars is going to work really well because, you know, you really want to get most of the growth in the next month. And uh, it's hard to get down in there to feed the main part of the plant because you have to stomp through the patch. So just spray yeah. it right on the foliage. But Miracle Grow or Peters, any of those will work very well. And you call it a foliar? Yeah, so you're, what you're going to do is get one of those uh, hose-in feeders that holds like six gallons of water, you know, sprays out six gallons as you add a quart of fertilizer, oh. and just spray Got the it. fertilizer right on the foliage. Okay. All right. And uh, and then last question, for the pumpkins that are laying, that are yeah, sitting on the ground, mm-hmm. is there something to put underneath the the pumpkins that are just right there in, in soil that keep them from rotting or anything? Well, they usually don't rot, you know, uh, Mike, because usually our soil is pretty dry. But what you want to do with your pumpkins, you want to come turn them and turn the stems up, you know, so you can get nicer shapes. Yep. And, uh, yes. and you don't want to keep the soil wet underneath them. If they, it stays wet underneath them, they'll, they won't rot, but they'll scar. 
And okay. I've seen pumpkins even try to root in the ground right out through the side of the pumpkin. And just strange things happen. So you really only want to water the vine where the main vine is and where the, where the fruit's growing, you know, out on the, on the runners. Keep that area as dry as you can. Good point. Great. I appreciate that very much. I'll be down to uh, down to the uh, Gilbert location to pick up some of that uh Feet. Yeah, Mike, and I don't think there's much threat of rain getting water under your pumpkins from, from present forecast. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you got that right. Have fun, Mike. Right. Th- thanks for the call. Right, thank thank you very much. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have two lines available. Number to call is 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Sunday morning. Looks like we have a line available. Give Brandon a call at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Paul in Peoria. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Brian. Got a question for you. What is the watering schedule for a fruitless olive tree? Boy, I'll tell you, the established one's about as tough as they come. How old's your tree and how long has it been in the ground? Uh, 13 years. Okay, so to keep it healthy, um, you need to water it probably once a month for the next two months. And you don't really have to water it all in December or January. And you can go to monthly waterings again, you know, starting in uh, February and uh, keep that up until uh, pretty much the middle of May. And then if you'd water it at least once every two weeks in the summer, it'll be very healthy. And, it, well, you know, okay. that's not for fast growth, but that's just to keep the tree healthy. But uh, olives are okay. as drought tolerant as Palo Verdes and pistachios and mesquites. I mean, they're they're truly a wonderful tree here for drought tolerance. Yeah, they're they're a beautiful tree. What type of fertilizer, or do I need to give them fertilizer? Well, you don't really have to. I mean, if it's if it's big enough and looks healthy enough, you don't have to feed it. But if you wanted to feed it once or twice a year, you could use like a citrus food or just a balanced lawn fertilizer, twenty one seven fourteen, and be great. But um, they don't really, you know, they, when they're established and big and healthy and they've been in for like years are for, you know, a generation almost, they're pretty darn tough. All right. Thank you for your time and help. Thanks, Paul. Bye. Uh, Richard in uh, Phoenix. Good morning, Richard. Yeah, good morning, Brian. Uh, I've got a question for you. I've got this rental house in North Phoenix, and I'm cleaning it up the backyard. There's two 
palm trees in the backyard that probably are about maybe 18 inches in diameter, and they're probably about 22, 23 feet tall. They haven't been touched in 20 years, and both of them are right up against the neighbor's wall. Uh, you know, what I was thinking about doing was bringing in a crane and lifting it up over to the front yard and then cutting up the palm tree to get rid of it on bulk pickup. My question is, how big of a root ball do you think I'm dealing with? Um, well, I used to have this little company, Richard, called Arizona Saver Tree, and we used to move lots of palm trees around town. Um they're fairly tough to dig out, but if you're trying to dig out the whole roots and everything, uh, and, and you're not trying to salvage the tree, uh, you you can cut the roots, you know, right up against the trunk, just straight down. And if you can cut them against the trunk straight down, you know, you can push them and lead them over with a crane. Can you get close to the wall with the crane? Uh, yeah, it's about eight to ten inches off the wall. Okay, but I mean, can, for where you're going to park the crane, how close can you get to well, the wall? Well, there's room for me to park it and put the outriggers out. But one crane company I talked to said that they extended at 75 feet, they could only lift about 500 pounds. Well, and so that that makes a, a different uh, option a lot easier. Just have a, a tree company come out and cut it down and remove it for you. Well, I was thinking about that, but I was thinking about cutting it right off at the ground level and then mm -hmm. bringing in a stump grinder. Well, the, and, and that's and, fine and, if you don't want to plant back in the exact spot. The one, the one thing with okay. palm trees, and uh, it's a great call because it enlightens people, but with palm trees, when they're tall like that, they have a really big root system that if you cut you know, close up against the trunk and you have the leverage of the trunk, you can push it over. Now, trying to pick up one with a crane over a house is just not practical. You know, if you, if you could get to a sidewall, you could push it over with a crane. And most crane operators don't like to push with their cranes because it's they're not designed to do that. So, you know, they lift with the crane. So that means you have to have it all cut completely out before you pull it. So the best option, I think, would be just to cut the tree down. And you could cut it right off at the ground. As long as you're not trying to plant back within a foot or two of the trunk, you could just cut it off and leave it and let it rot out. Yeah, okay, that's what I was thinking. I, I just don't want to take the neighbor's wall out when I get Well, no, if you, if you hire a licensed tree, you know, tree trimmers, uh, they'll come out and they'll cut the tree down, and they'll do a great job. Now, what's very yeah. dangerous with trees, you said it hasn't been trimmed. Are the skirts or all the branches are still on the tree all the way down? Yeah, all the palms, the palms are still up there and everything. Well, see, the, the problem becomes there is it's very dangerous to climb up under a palm tree and start to trim it from the bottom up. Because those branches can fall down and they'll basically capture and suffocate and kill you there. So, you know, you'd have to, in that case, you know, it might be better to have have them come in with a crane or something in a basket and trim it from the top down and just cut it down. And it's a bigger expense, but the safety factor on that is huge. So you really want to have somebody who's very experienced, very knowledgeable, and you don't want them climbing up under the bottom of the tree. Now, the thinner ones, usually the, the bark and the things will fall off, but the big, heavy ones, the native ones, the California fan palms, can be exceedingly dangerous. So make sure that when you hire a professional that, that they're aware of what they're doing, okay? Yeah, okay, all right. If you hire a good company here, you know, the professional arborist, they'll tell you that. Yeah, okay. All right. Do Thank you. Know what you. one of those palm trees weighs? Um, they weigh about 200 pounds a foot. 200 pounds a foot. So okay. they're not real heavy. Okay. If, if you want them just to come in, you want them just to cut off at the ground and, and, and just take it away that way, it doesn't take much much to take them away that way. It's not that heavy. 
Well, that's what I was thinking. And then you say they have a big root ball on them, yeah, though, right? Yeah, but don't worry about the root ball. Just cut it out the ground, lift the thing out, and it'll be gone. That, that's the safest All way right. to get rid of it. Bye, Richard. And we got to go to the news because we have Mr. Troy Barrett in the studio again, folks. Yes, he's here with us every Sunday morning. He's flexing his muscles, and he is the infinite amount of wisdom that comes and enlightens us in the middle and the end of the show. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Number to call, 602 277 He's just the blind man in the bleachers to the local hometown fans, and he sits beneath the speakers way back in the stands, and he listens to the play by play, waiting for one name. He wants to hear his son get in the game. But the boy's just not a hero. He's strictly second team. Though he runs each night for touchdowns in his father's sweetest dreams. He's gonna be a star someday, though you might never tell. But the blind man in the bleachers knows he will And the last game of the season is a Friday night at home And no one knows the reason but the blind man didn't come And his boy looks kind of nervous, sometimes turns around and stares just as though he sees the old man sitting there the local boys are trying but they slowly lose their will another player's down and now he's carried from the field at halftime in the locker room the kid goes off alone and no one sees him talking on the phone And the game's already started when he gets back to the team And half the crowd can hear his coach yell Where the hell you been? Just getting ready for the second half is all he'll say Cause now you're gonna let me in to play Without another word, he turns and runs into the game. And through the silence on the field, loudspeakers call his name. It'll make the local papers how the team came from behind when they saw him playing out his heart to win. And when the game was over, the coach asked him to tell What was it he was thinking of That made him play so well Well, you knew my dad was blind, he said Well, tonight he passed away It's the first time that my father seen me play Well, welcome back, folks. Uh, get right to the phones. Marcy and Scottsdale. Good morning, Marcy. Good morning. So I have several different questions for you. I've lived um, in Old Town Scottsdale, the house 
was bought by my family in 1961. Um, I have orange trees that were here when we moved in. And the one in the back is really struggling. I know it's been a tough summer. So we fertilize usually three to four times a year. We try to deep soak it uh, out to the edges of the branches at least every 10 days, and it's on a bubbler. Um, the back one has a huge hole down through the middle of the trunk, and I'm just figuring that it's going to die eventually. Is there anything I well, can do Well, you know, one that? thing that we're all assured of, Marcy's death. Right. <laughs> at, least, at least, like, <laughs> it, 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 But like that blind man, though, you never know. Anyway, so uh, okay. probably the best thing to do to really have that tree recover is just fertilize it for right now, leave it for the fall, come back in okay. uh, February, and just butcher it. Cut the whole tree way back almost to nothing, you know? Okay. And, uh and keep it fed next year. Next year, feed it um, monthly instead of feeding it three or four times. Water it okay. weekly in the heat of the summer instead of every ten days, and mm-hmm. you'll be amazed. It'll come back and make this nice little fat bush of a tree, and uh, try to come back. Okay, perfect. Then I have bearded iris, fancy bearded iris. Um, can I know that I should, I'm supposed to dig them in September per the Iris Society. Mm-hmm. I did not dig them in September because it was just too hot. October is so not going to matter. I can still dig them Absolutely. now. Uh-huh. I can still dig them now and then replant in a couple weeks. Sure. Okay. Is there a some way to prepare the soil when well, it's Well, they like you know, high phosphorus out. to get better flowers. So you can either use super treble phosphate or bone meal. And either one okay. of those added back to your soil is going to help the blooms and roots and help them do much better. Okay, perfect. And then I have a mesquite tree. It's a Chilean mesquite with about a 70 foot canopy. Mm-hmm. I have it trimmed every year to 18 months. Um, I have not heard you guys recommend tree trimmers. You normally just say, get a licensed tree trimmer. Well, I, I, more than that, the, the other advice I give you, Marcy, especially on big special trees, is go out and look at their work. You know, get referrals, okay, and go mm-hmm. in yourself, just hop in a car, go go look at the trees they've trimmed, and make mm-hmm. sure on a big special tree you're in agreement before they trim it. Okay. Okay, and it doesn't I mean, matter. It doesn't, look- doesn't matter how good that you know what their name is or who they are. Go right. look at their work and make sure that that referral tells you, hey, yes, they trimmed this tree and they did a great job. And uh, at that point, you can feel more comfortable. Right. So I've had it trimmed multiple times, and it always looks great when they finish with that. But then the way that it grows, we don't even water it. It just—I'm sure it's getting water from you know across the street. Yeah, it can be getting water from anywhere. But but the big Chileans especially need to be managed because they are, you know, famous for uprooting, and um, so yeah. pruning it back is very much a necessity. Right. Okie dokie. Thanks, well, Marcy. That's it. Have How a nice much- weekend. Oh, no, it's not. Hang on. I've got clover underneath my back orange tree. How do I get rid of it? Uh, put, some, put, put, put some crimson in with it, and it could be crimson and clover. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's over not- and over? <laughs> is, it, is it dichondra or is it actually clover? No, it's clover with little yellow flowers on it. Okay, but it's not up this time of year. It comes up in the summer? Uh. It's kind of been there since last fall, and we just don't know how to get rid of it. I've tried broadleaf weed killers underneath the tree. Well, the best um, thing to do would be spot spraying it with a contact herbicide that contains 2,4-D, but you can't use it this time of year. You have to wait right. till the daytime temperature is below 85, and then put down a okay. pre-emergent at the same time. 
that or just mow okay. it and leave it. It's not going to hurt anything. Okay. Bye, Marcy. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, John in uh, North, uh, somewhere in North Phoenix. <laughs> Northeast Phoenix, right? Northeast Phoenix. Okay. Morning. It comes out on two lines. I was trying to figure out what it said there. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a question for you on an Arizona ash. I've, I've talked to you before. Uh, it's about 12, 15 feet tall, but single trunk. And it's listing to the left as I look at it quite a bit. About starts about six feet up and then just goes to the left with the one big branch. Can I just cut that right off about the six foot level? You absolutely can, John. You, you know, John, I've been to as brutal a tree yep. as anyone's ever been. And you could take that tree if you want it to grow in balance. Uh, I'd, I'd leave it for right now, let it store up all its energy, do all of its thing until January and just cut it off. Oh, okay, very good. And you could cut it in whatever height you I want to, the... and uh, it'll come uh-huh. back as a multiple trunk and make a beautiful tree. That's what I want. That's what I want. And when can I, how soon can I plant the peach tree? Uh, that's getting cool enough now. So it'd be fine to plant peaches right now. Okay. So if I wait another week or so, it'd be even better. Yeah, yeah, it'd be even better. But, you know, really we're not looking at any kind of a forecast with any heat that's going to be of concern to zone fruits. Okay. Well, Brian, I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful weekend. You too, John. Bye-bye. Uh, James and Mesa. Good morning, James. Good morning, Brian. How are you today? Oh, enjoying the morning. I got a couple of questions for you. These are actually for a person that's living out in Maricopa. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a pretty heavy clay soil, it seems to be. Um, she just planted a, a small citrus tree. Uh, she had one in there during the summer. It died. It was like a five-gallon plant. We figured it was the heat. And she planted this tree. She had to dig the hole a little bit bigger and a little bit wider. It gets down about a foot and a half, and it's just it's just hard, like clay. So, so when this tree was planted, it was actually backfilled with some separate dirt, and that was mixed with mulch. Will will this tree be able to get enough roots going to the sides to get around somehow to to be able to to leach into the soil? Well, it should. You know, I'll tell you one thing. It, it makes it a lot easier if you'd start with a bigger tree with a 15-gallon. You know, you're getting a two-year-older yeah. tree, and, and it's like, you know, taking an infant out and putting him out in the desert. You know, it's a lot easier if you, if you put a teenager out there. But at any rate, <laughs> um, you want to make sure that the tree's trunk is protected, that it's not overwatered. So, you know, watering is, you know, basically going to be, uh, you know, probably twice a week if it's brand new and then going to once a week after a few weeks. What might help that whole lot, though, before you fill it in is uh, some gypsum. And if it's not really draining at all, you could even go pick up some of the, um, oh, you know, the acid type dra- acid type drain cleaner. You know? Acid type drain cleaner? Yeah. So if you go to the hardware store and they sell drain cleaner, right? And they have the one that's wrapped in the plastic bag over the top of the drain cleaner and it says drain cleaner. Basically what that is is sulfuric acid. Okay. Uh And if you have a hole that's kind of hard like that, that's not draining, you can put a whole, you know, quart or gallon in the bottom of the hole. And that will help loosen up the hole quite a bit. And then gypsum would be another thing that would help too. I see. Well, the tree is planted. Is there anything? Oh, if it's already planted, put some gypsum around the top of it. And you could use uh, probably, even on a small tree, probably a couple pounds of gypsum just worked into the soil around the top of the tree and protect the trunk from the sun and keep the fertilizer on a regular basis. If it's been planted more than a week, go ahead and feed it and feed it again at the end of the month. Okay, great. And so so just watch the watering, just make sure that it's not staying too wet. It doesn't want to stay too wet or too dry. So you want to water it deep enough to go to the bottom of the hole and then let it dry out to the top two or three inches are pretty dry. 
I see. All right. Well, thank you very much. You know, the other, one the other, more, one more thing to check on it too, James, make sure it wasn't planted too deep, that the roots in the container are within about the top inch of the soil, where they came out horizontal, called the root flare, off the trunk. Right. Make sure that's not too deep. Keep the root ball elevated to the top of the soil. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to plant them. You know, if you just cut the bottom off and sit them on the ground out there and water them, then you, then you can't plant them too deep. <laughs> That's true. Um, one one more question on south exposure out there and same soils. What would be a good good vine to grow on a trellis? Well, you know, it's hard to beat a bougainvillea. You know, if you want something that's going to mm-hmm. bloom all the time, but it's messy and some people don't care for them. A uh, tangerine. We've got, cro- a couple, we've got a couple of banks rows that are doing all right, but then. They took a lot of hit this this summertime. They're they're kind of yellowed out a little bit. Well, but, the, the, uh, they should come back out, and, and on the south side, Banks Road should be okay. They don't have a very long bloom cycle though. So if you're looking for something in a rose, look for a Cecil Bruner. It's got a pink flower, but it blooms a lot longer and prettier foliage. I see. A Cecil, a Cecil, what? I'm Cecil, sorry. Cecil Bruner. But the nice part about the south side, there's a lot of options. I mean, the south side's got, you know, pretty full sun all winter and partially shaded in the summer. It's got plenty of options. So that should work well. James, thanks for the call. Mark and Gilbert, good morning. Good morning, sir. Thanks for the uh, show that you have. It's pretty cool. Um, got a question on pistachio trees mm-hmm. i've got one in my yard uh that's uh in flood irrigation my neighbor's got one in theirs that is on a sprinkler system they were both planted about the same time probably 30 years ago mm-hmm. um, i'm starting to lose a lot of substantial limbs on mine anywhere from three inches in diameter to eight inches in diameter um, and, mark what color did, neighbor, your, did your tree color up in the winter time uh, yes, it does. And, and, what, and uh, what color is it? Just tr- the green leaves. Okay, but what color does My, it does, does it turn orange or yellow or something like that or red or? No, no. Mine's mine is a non-fruiting. The neighbor's is a fruiting, and hers kind of gets uh, a little bit of reddish in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but basically, I'm just wondering why I'm losing so many big branches in this thing. Well, if, if hers is a true fruiting one, if it's a well, it could just be a female of a Chinese pistachio. But, um, right. you know, the problem with the thing is if, if it's 30 years old, it's probably a Chinese pistachio, and there's a lot of variability to those. Uh, the ones that we grow now are, are, are completely different, the red push, because they're a hybrid. But the Chinese pistachios, I mean, they're, they're, they're extremely variable, and so you can certainly see a lot of difference between two trees. Yours is, a, you know, between a male and a female, but also just between, right. the, between the, the different genetics in the tree. And um, so that that part's not unusual. I would just work on caring for yours as best you can. And it wouldn't be bad with a big pistachio to come through and prune it back some and, and fertilize it pretty heavy this spring. And it'll probably make a, a big difference to it. All right. We'll try that. All right. Good luck, Mark. Thanks. We're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have three lines available. A number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTAR for the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTAR.
Beautiful morning out there. Hope you enjoyed the program. Uh, it's got a few minutes left. I want to invite you out to Whitfields. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. And I started with my grandpa, and we had some good old days. And, you know, you can make the old good old days at your own house by having a big tree and a nice place to play. And, you know, nice things to enjoy. You know, with my grandfather, I learned to pick citrus and uh, learned to love citrus and graft citrus. And it's kind of been a big part of my life. But the things we can share with children and gardens are really special. And if you'd like to start those events with your own children or grandchildren, come out and see us at Whitfields. We grow all kinds of trees. You know, nothing more fun than planting a tree. You'll never set it under a shade, but there's also the rewards where you can have and plant your tree and sit in the shade the next day. And at Whitfields, we can make that happen. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale Avenue. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley in Guadalupe. Or 26470 Southern Avenue. Southern Avenue straight south of the Sky Harbor Airport. We're open Monday through Saturdays, 8 to 530. And Sundays, yeah, that's today, from 10 to 4. Uh, we deliver plant and guarantee. We're licensed, bought, and insured. We grow citrus trees, all kinds of beautiful desert trees, palm trees, shade trees, and have a great selection of uh, vegetables and those things coming in. You know, it should be uh, with this weather forecast. Looks like geranium season is going to really kick off next week in earnest. So they'll have that beautiful fall color as well. Whitfield Nurseries for three generations, growing trees here in Arizona for Arizona's future. Uh, next up, we have uh, Stephen in Scottsdale. Hi, Steve. Yes. Hello, Brian. Can you hear me? Very clearly, sir. Okay, very good. I've got a, a queen palm, and it looks like, background. can termites go into a palm tree? Well, they don't really go into a palm tree, but they can eat the, the bark on the outside wood, any kind of dry dry material they can eat, and they can just mainly eat dead wood. Okay. Um, is there some kind of treatment that I could apply to it? That well, I mean, termites are, you know, there's certainly nothing we want to get in our homes, but they're a very important part of our of our nature out here. They do help eat up all the dead wood and things like that. But uh, you, you can treat them. You can spray them out there around the trunk of the tree if you want to. Okay. And when you say spray them, what, what do you spray them with? Um, there's a product called Talstar that works pretty well. And it's okay. just a liquid insecticide, and it's by nephrons, the active ingredient. You can just spray it right on them. It does a pretty good job. Okay, wonderful. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it very much. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see that. So I think we might, well, no, we probably won't have it. Olivia and Casa Grande. Good morning, Olivia. Good morning. How are you today? Oh, enjoying this beautiful day. It is beautiful. Brian, I have what some of those have? big, tall, skinny, um, Pine trees. Okay. And uh, one of them, the limbs had come away from it. And 
my husband uh, told I told him we needed to fix it. So I lift him up with a tractor bucket, and he says, "What do you want me to trim?" And I says. Oh, wait just a minute. I'll bring you back down because I thought, no, he's going to butcher it. So he put me up there and I tied it back together. <laughs> so I tied it back together with a string, you know, uh, just so, from the bales of hay. Well, so the, and, so the uh, limb's broken, Olivia? It's cracked? Uh, not really. There's only one that has come back apart. The problem is, is the whole darn tree has turned kind of gray. Now I've been watering once a week, deep watering. And well, and that that should be plenty, Olivia. You say it's a tall. So is this the, one of the pines with the long needles? Is it a Canary Island pine? Well, I couldn't put my arms around it, but I'm very small. Well, but, I'll, know, I'll tell you what uh, we're going to do, Olivia. I'm going to have you uh, hold on, and I'm going to get okay. your phone number, and I'll call you after the show, and you can send me a picture of that tree, and we'll figure yeah, it out. Um, Anyway, uh, another one down, further down, that nothing ever went wrong. I think it's, they say they're on the west side of the house, so Mm -hmm. in the front. But they, you know. Okay. uh, I think it's dying. Well, you know, a lot of pine trees have really been hurt by the heat. But uh, like I say, to give you the best advice, what I'm going to have you do is just hold on the phone. And I'm going to have Brandon take your phone number down for me. And then after the okay. show, I'll give you a call and you can send me a picture of it, okay? That's great. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Olivia. Bye bye. Uh, Justine, we've got a minute. How are you? Hello. Hi. Hi. I had a question. So we just moved to South Phoenix and we have flood irrigation and we have a, a small orchard on the side of the house. And I was. You- Mysteriously disappeared. Um, well, I got to say goodbye, folks, because we're out of time. Justine, if you can hear me, you can call us back, and I'll and I will return your call off the air. Appreciate the calls today, folks. Hope you enjoyed the program. It's a beautiful day out there. It's a great time of year, uh, a good time to go out and work together and be a team. You know, we witness all these football teams, and we have some fantastic teams here in Arizona this year. They didn't win their games yesterday, but they both played their hearts out, and uh, they're going to win a lot of games this season. Both teams will, and it was great to see them. And uh, this, let's just. Remember Remember that teamwork's how we accomplish and, and work together here in this country. And it works really, really well when we have people that are diverse. We need quarterbacks. We need linemen. We need real fast guys. We need real strong guys. But most importantly, if we're going to win, we have to work together. And let's go be a football team. I'll be back with you next week with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.